Hello and welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name is Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, aka the Reese Incarnate Bach Lesnar. And today we have a special podcast, not only topic wise, but we have some great guests that are joining us. We have Sam Piper Jr. And David, do we have a nickname for you? I don't know if we have a nickname. We didn't know we uh, workshopped this last year, but we never uh, saw it. All on right. Thing. So, not only are we going to talk about the realignment, but we are going to find a nickname for David as well. We have two guys from the <sighs> fantasy chat here today. We are going to talk about the realignment happening in college football. We got a lot of news. But before we get to that, let's uh, let's give David a nickname. Boys, the floor is yours. What what nicknames do we have? I feel like Sam should get first first bite at the apple in this case. See, I was going to say the opposite, Reese, since you've known him longer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We're going seniority here. Yeah. Um, man, he had a nickname in high school, which is not allowed to be said in the podcast. Uh, I, th- I think you, you know what it is. It. Yeah, he's like, what? You, you text me off the uh, off pod. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Because I do not remember this at all. <laughs> Dude, okay, so hold on. I'm, I'm going to type in one hand, but I think of uh, one with uh, the other hand. Let's see. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. You know what I'm talking about. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It's a great nickname. Yeah. We just can't say it on air. Um, you could. But yeah, yeah, but we got, you, we're going to find you a better nickname. Can you, can you give the context to the nickname? Without probably, saying? probably not smart. Probably not no. smart. All right, let's not no. say that. Um, That's legal Sam advice not our, to do it. Yeah, lawyer. probably not smart. Yes. Probably not we smart. We can't talk about it. Moving on. Moving on <laughs> to a more PG nickname. <laughs> David Love, because he loves Jordan Love. David Love. Hey, David Love. loves the... Oh, actually, he is in his man cave, so we can call it the Love Den. Ooh, that's pretty good. Kind of gross. Love Sounds Den. Like we're still work, workshopping, so. Okay. Oh, man. What did we get up to last time? Didn't we, like, get the somewhere love close? Shack. Love Shack. Oh, man. The Love Shack. This is hard. Bowie's currently attacking the box that carries all my important legal documents, so I'm, like, torn oh. between nicknames and saving my identity. I mean, uh, just well, close your door. Just close your door, Reese. So here's the thing. I think I mentioned this in the last podcast <laughs> that the dude like that built this place, like reinstalled the doors, did yeah, not install the doors the door. properly. <laughs> ow, 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 ow. You did say that, Reese. Well, we can we open add, doors. Why don't we add one more thing to your plate and tell us about Iowa? Iowa. Well, first off, uh, actually, time out. He's got some jagged plastic. Tio. Keep this in. I want all of this in. Okay, let's workshop some more David nicknames. All right. Um, well, I can only think of names for his for his den because Love Shack, Love Den, David Love, David yeah. Goliath, David and Toppling Goliath. There you go. Ooh, that's pretty good. You know, that's when we were really good. Cedar Falls is how far from Decorah? Oh, it's far. It's a hike. Uh, we can uh, pretend that it's pretty close. I like David and Toppling Goliath. Yeah, it's a good three hours at least. So, so D DTG, 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 DTG in the Love Shack. When we were in Kansas City for Chiefs Ravens, when David and I went for for that game, what year was that? That was 2018, 19, 18, 19, one of those two. That's before they won a Super Bowl. Right. And it was a great game. And um, we got rained on all morning and didn't matter because it was a blast once we got into the stadium. And um, Lamar Jackson threw like two of the worst passes I've ever seen. And both were completions. Yep. 
Yep. Stupid, of it course. Was, of course. It was great. But at, when we were there, we stopped at um, Q39 because, of course. And the waitress that we had um, gave everybody at the table nicknames. But I don't remember anyone's except for David. It was short, simple. It was just Goldie for the his golden locks. The Goldie. Clubs. That's another option. All right. Yeah, Reese. So we have Goldie and David and Toppling Goliath. Goldie, David, and Toppling Goliath. Which one those do you your, like, or what can you options. add to it now that now that the door is fixed, the dog is gone? I saw yeah. Noelle for a bit. Hope she's doing well. Can't see it. Do you like my snake plant security system? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. Um, I I kind of like Golden Boy, David Farrell. Ooh, uh, that's, that's high long. standard. That's not... long. But I like Golden Boy. That's fine. Yeah, that is way too high standard for someone as mid as David. <laughs> the Copper Kid. <laughs> I'm not even mad about that. Yeah, um, exactly. Man, uh, I personally like Goldie. I think Goldie's pretty good. I mean, it it's simple. Yeah, it is. And David right. is a simple, just a simple, simple man. All right, boys. It sounds like we're still workshopping. So let's talk uh, realignment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, so we got Sam Kiefer Jr., we got Goldie, David Toppling, Goliath, or whatever his name is, and then we got Reese, the incarnate, Reese incarnate, Bach Lesnar. Reese, tell us about your trip to Iowa, then going to Wisconsin, then coming back to Iowa to Kansas City. Okay, so I'm going to give us the cliff notes here. So I mentioned this to Armando, and it blew my mind. So I was going to look around for some of these NIL beers, which we'll get more into later on this podcast. But I found the Iowa one, no problem. But they didn't have the Iowa State one at Hy-Vee Wine and Spirits in College Square. Shout out Kurt Warner's old Hy-Vee. So I go up the road. I mean, this is like across the parking lot to a little strip mall called Happy's Liquor, which was built after I moved out of Cedar Falls. But like all my friends in Cedar Falls, like, yo, Happy's got a good beer selection. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All our, all our beer stores have good beer selections. So I go in there. I'm looking for this beer. They got like, you know, two walls worth of coolers. And I'm just like going by and the Iowa beers. I'm not seeing it. Suddenly I get by the Iowa beers and the next cooler door. I did a literal double take because it was like a shelf full of juicy bits. Weldworks. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And I looked under there and they had that Colorado ale. You were talking about Armando. And there were like one or other. two. They had like, yeah, uh, no. uh, Whatever the ale is that Weldworks put out. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. So they also had, like, dry bones, like, a few other things. So anyway, I'm just, like, I was, like, literally floored. I think I, like, spooked the lady walking behind me. because like, I literally was like, what the hell? Uh, anyway, so I go in the back. I keep looking for this NILB. I, I came for some Coors Light, but I left with some Bam Bam Rubble Rubble from from Weldy Works. What's this Fruity Pebble Sour Ale Imperial Stout bullcrap? Anyway, it's amazing. If anybody can find it, it's great. Anyway, continue. I, I bet Happy's has it, probably. So anyway, I, I come out of the beer cave where all the domestic stuff is, and some guy's like, hey, can I help you find anything? And I asked the dude, I'm like, hey, I'm like, how'd you get all this Weldworks here? And the guy's like, he's like, yeah, uh, we just have a distributor that like his whole prerogative is to just get like out of market stuff to us and like a couple other beer stores in the region. And I'm like, that's insane. So he takes me to this back wall. And he's like, yeah, oh. this is kind of where, this is kind of like where all of our like stuff that you can't get, you know, anywhere else is. And like Armando, have you heard of like Mickler? I've heard of Michelob. He's got so so Michler is this like really like fancy small brewery that everyone wants to collab with. They had Michler, they had 
Yeah, no, it, it's out in California. Um, okay. I'm trying to think what else they had that I, I couldn't find other places. They had some toppling G's I didn't know you could still get in stores. That's decor, obviously. They had this brewery from Australia that I'd heard of. And he's like, yeah, we just have these in stock, but like nobody knows they're here, so nobody ever wow. buys them. Uh, anyway, so one thing they had on their draft lines for Crowlering was Rip Medianoche, which is Medianoche from Weldworks aged in Pappy Van Winkle barrels. So, what? Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, which, on, which, honestly, when I worked there on the secondary market, those were worth $200 a bottle. I was going to well, say, how much like, is that? And to have it on draft, I mean, they're like, they're, they're 40 bucks when you come to the brewery, but to have it on draft, like, what the hell? Who? That's like, insanity. How did, how did this random regional guy grab a keg and then go up to Iowa to whatever you just said, Mickey Mouse's liquor store, Dude, and then well, put it in there? Happy, Mickey Mouse sorry, happy James. liquor store. Well, that's the kicker, hey, too. Keep, hey, keep my keep my whatever he is, power forward, small forward point guard out your mouth, and keep that Mickey Mouse ring out your mouth. Hey, I'm still oh, waiting man. for the uh, Patreon plug where we have to raise money for a race to. Uh, punch to LeBron fight, James in the face. <laughs> yeah, dude. We haven't we haven't quite reached our stretch goal. I'm still stretched forward right now, but not our stretch goal. So keep an eye on that. Uh, long story short, before I completely lose my train of thought, a 12 ounce crowler can, just this size crowler can of that media noche was 25 bucks, but it was 100 percent worth it. So got that split with my dad. Good times. Oh, so you had it. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. To add insult to injury, though, so I'm going to Dubuque, which you guys know is like essentially Davenport North. It's on the border of Illinois and Wisconsin. I was going to say, does Armando know? I don't think Armando does oh. know that at all. Okay, okay, so long story short, Armando, if, if Mississippi River goes by Iowa. If you like go left out of Dubuque, you're, yeah, you're literally like in Wisconsin. If oh, you go come right on, Dubuque, Armando. Mississippi yeah. River is like down south. I didn't know it went all the way up north. Yeah. <laughs> Geography time. Hey, I'm, you just, I'm an opera singer. Why do I have to know? Like, I know when people say this is the best beer west of the Mississippi. It's because it extends all the way up north. And what? Yeah, dude, it, that's it what goes into Minnesota. Roger and Hammerstein wrote a song I'm about like, it, how dude. Would I know Minnesota stuff either. You know what I mean? Like, go, go Vix. <laughs> okay. This is already off the rails. Reese, continue. So I stop at this coffee shop in Dubuque, which I know is a really cool place because back when I did a gig there a few years ago, pre-COVID, it was like my hangout spot. So I know they're at a coffee shop by day and they kind of like flip the sign and they're a bar at night. They have like a basement with like a bunch of cool stuff. Anyway, they got a beer cooler on the first floor. And in that freaking beer cooler is more Juicy Bits. And I'm just wow. like, where are all these places in eastern Iowa getting Juicy Bits when we can't get this stuff like in Kansas City, it's not like in Omaha, to the best of my knowledge. Where is everybody getting this Weldworks beer from? I'm going to have to do some investigative journalism, go back down to Greeley, see what's going on. But yeah, yeah I, I know they're I know they're doing like huge distro. They were getting it in Cincinnati when I went out there. So oh. the hunt continues because you didn't want any of your spotted cow, huh? Dude, spotted cow. Here we go. Anyway, so <laughs> I get to Wisconsin. I get to Wisconsin and like. The cops pull you over and force you to take a six pack of spotted cow. It's just how that beer is up there. <laughs> so I, I go to a grocery store with my sister, which again, she's like, they got a great beer selection here. And again, I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, I bet they do. But lo and behold, they have Rheingeist at this at this uh, grocery store, and I'm just like, since when do you have Rheingeist at their grocery store? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny too. They have so, Cincy Life there. 
They did not have Cincy Light. Cincy I looked Light. hard. How does everybody know about Cincy Light? I, I lived there for six weeks, and no one never told me about this thing. Got to get in the game, man. It's the NIL deals. I, I, went, NIL. I went to Rheingeist like every week. Well, long story short, uh, speaking of Armando and Cincinnati, uh, there are quite a few street basketball courts in Madison, as I'm sure Armando knows, including the one where Ma- Armando and the Madison uh, Opera All-Stars you know, laid down a sweet, sweet hundred points on a University of Wisconsin's junior varsity squad. So, yeah, it's legendary. Yeah, you remember, you remember that game. I, I mean, I actually do have a story of my college basketball team, which is we went to a music conservatory, but like we actually did form a team and they actually like did go and play tournaments. I did not go play, though, but I was on the team. Dude, there you go. Yeah. He's got a mid me mid range. Anyway, I've already eaten up so many time, so much time talking about Weldworks and. and Reese, why don't you stuff, eat up more but. time and tell us about Patreon? Because as the Golden Boy Goldie, the Love Shackinator, told us, um, we need we we need you to fight LeBron James, but we need money so that you can fly out to wherever he lives in California. So Reese, how can they donate on Patreon and follow us on social media? Yo, quick sidebar for the Patreon shout out. I love the name Love Shaq for Dave, but spelled S-H-A-Q. Is that because of his affinity for Shaquille O'Neal or? I'm, I'm just thinking Dave, Dave's a pretty he tall dude. just made dude. fun of the Lakers Mickey Mouse ring. You can't love Shaq. I mean, yeah. Oh, six two wasn't tall. Come on. I mean, yeah, not in Wisconsin. It's not. Oh, my gosh. They're huge over there, dude. Reese, there was you're, a, six, you're six two, right, Reese? Or you're six more? I'm like six, six five, depending who you oh. ask. Yeah, yeah it depends so, on the hair. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right now, it's probably a soft, you know, soft six, six, three. But uh, no, anyway, uh, if you like this podcast and what's going on with this podcast right now, then you should check out Patreon at patreon.com backslash FCSM, where you can get outtakes, bonus episodes, exclusive B reviews, season zero featuring our former co-host, Kyle. What was Kyle's nickname? I don't, did he have a nickname? Yeah, he must have, I guess. Was it was he Negatron? Did we give him that? <laughs> Definitely not Negatron. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I don't. I don't remember. Wow. You baby can friend, baby brain. You'll find an extant list of everybody's nickname who's a part of uh, this podcast, there's as well as of, there's a lot of nicknames out there. Dude, there which is, is why I'm surprised we didn't have a nickname for David. Okay, wait, 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 Reese. Oh, okay, continue, continue your read, and then I'll pitch. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll make a thing. One-time stretch goal. If we get someone to do a one-time donation of twenty dollars, they can pick Dave's nickname. Oh, now I oh, want to do it, and that's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be something like so grotesque, so yeah. not good FCC where airwaves. Dave's canonical it. nickname. We have a lawyer here who can. Uh, what do they call that when you? Uh, notarize it. You have him do that. Oh, you can't not notarize? all lawyers are notaries. Really? You have to get separate notary training. I thought it just wow. came with the territory. I wish but it did. Notaries but are lawyers. That is also incorrect. Dude, do you know how easy it is to be a notary? I could have signed up to be a notary when we were doing like a voting station yeah. at Boulevard in 2020. <laughs> Dude, well, that you could. Anyway, anyway, patreon.com backslash FCSM. <laughs> Check it out. Worth the time. Okay, now I'm gonna pitch. I'm gonna pitch. So Reese, your nickname is the Bach. Remind me what it is again. It has Bach in it, right? Bach Lesnar. 
Okay, so I think legend Brock Lesnar, dude. Lesnar. Right. So it's but it's Bach, right? Yeah. So you could do David the reincarnate Bakhtiari and tie both of you together. Oh, you're doing that because you know that I'm out on Bakhtiari. Exactly. I am. I want to tie you to him just like the Packers are tied to his obnoxiously large contract. Man, they really are. They really Wait, are. What, what, we can talk about that the, another what time. What is the drama with, with Bakhtiari getting into oh, it? I love he's it. just always he's just always hurt. And he hasn't played in three or three, four years. But he's like one of the highest one of the highest, highest paid, paid left tackle. Right. Wow. Okay. Would you rather pay Bakhtiari a ton of money to never play or play Orlando Brown Jr. what he's oh, getting God. to It all play. comes back to OBJ. No, no the best sure does. Best ability is availability. So uh, give me OBJ there. I don't know. Christian Derisaw better than all of them. Anyway, Wait. this is a college realignment podcast. We got to We got to refocus here. Oh yeah, we do got to refocus. Good back. job. All right, all right. So hey, hey everybody, it's me, Hatek Mondo. What's up? <laughs> We've now decided that it's Goldilocksinator Shackinator over there. Wait, Goldilocks and the three beers. <laughs> hey. There you go. That's it. Write <laughs> it down. Pencil it in, dude. He's a machine. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so every time that you're on the podcast, you have to have three beers in your hand at all times. <laughs> I hereby um, notarize this with the condensation ring on the bottom of my beer can. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to do a lot of notarizing here because uh, we got we have a lot to talk about. So let's uh, let's talk about why we're here. We're here because of the realignment that's happening in college football. Recently, Arizona State uh, went over to the Big 12. Um, and now, after 45... Nope, that's not what I want to say. Uh, keep it in. Um, so, ASU goes to the Big 12, and now the Pac-12 has only four teams in, in the Pac-12. So, let me go through like the whole thing. We got Oregon, UCLA... USC and Washington going to the Big Ten. And now we have Arizona or U of A, ASU, Colorado, Utah going to the Big 12. And that's kind of the update of what's going to happen in 2024, which then, like I said, only leaves four teams in the, in the Pac-12, one of them being like Stanford, I think. I forget. Uh, yeah, it's California, Oregon State, Stanford, and Washington State. Womp, womp, womp. So uh, I will I will give it to the to the NCAA realignment experts here, my my Midwest folk that love this stuff, that want to talk about it every single year. And just when we thought it was over last year, it is back. So I will have a general question. I haven't looked at your questions, Reese, but is this good for college football? Go. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll take over. We'll see you next time. Make sure you yeah, get like a follow. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Play the outro music. <laughs> no, I think, I think that, every, and and you guys feel free to jump in here and and tell me if you think something different. But I think pretty much every college football fan um, can look at this and say that they don't like where realignment has taken us. Sure, it's it's better if you're a have, like from from my perspective as a Nebraska fan. Am I excited? Like, am I going to sit down and be excited to watch Nebraska play Oregon? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm happy to admit that. Am I excited to see them play USC? Yeah, that's a huge game. But at the same time, I, I lament 
and um, mourn the loss of regional college football because um, it, it, you know, the, the, the big programs always won anyway, but it was still a, a heck of a ride to get there. And a lot of people got to be involved and it's part of what made the, the sport so special is that you had all of these weird kind of nuances and, and traditions and rivalries that were spread out across the country. And it wasn't so buttoned up like a professional league. So is it, is it good uh, for, for, College athletics, no, it's, I, I think it's good for programs who are in the Big Ten and the SEC and to a lesser extent the Big 12, but I don't think that as a whole it's good for college athletics, particularly if you're a non-revenue sport and you're a softball player who's having to go from Los Angeles to uh, Bloomington, Indiana. So any, any, any disagreements, any dissent? No, I uh, would echo what you said. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought there, but um, would you say you three lost beers your... in? Hey. Yeah, three beers in. <laughs> Dude, I love someone that method acts their nickname. Goldilocks <laughs> and the three bears getting lost in the love shack. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I think with uh, old conferences, the way the word they, I think what was great about that is that you were going to watch a specific brand of uh, football. Um, Big Ten, it was going to be ground and pound, uh, three yards, cloud of dust kind of stuff. Um, Pac-12 is more finesse. Uh, Big 12 is a shootout every week, and we're just not going to get that anymore. Um, and Sam touched on these Olympic sports, non-revenue sports. Um, I just feel for them because uh, a lot of the reason these uh, student athletes went to these schools is because you know they would have their parents come and watch games, and they can't do that anymore. Um, so overall, not good for college athletics, but, um, money went out in the end. Yeah, it's pretty rough. I, I gotta ask you guys, uh, I know we said money wins out in the end, but you know, where exactly are we in regards to realignment? Do you think we're like on pause for now? Do you think we're just going to kind of stand around and see where things shake out? Or do you think there's yet more movement that's going to go on in the next six months? Yeah, I think the heavyweights are on pause. I don't think that we're going to see much from the Big Ten or the SEC or even, uh, I think, the Big 12. Um, we still have to see what happens with the pack, the the, the four-pack. Man, I hope that they only get down to two teams <laughs> so that we can call pack. them the, 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 the two-pack, the two pack, the two pack. Yeah. But um, nice. until then, um, we, we still have to see if, if they end up in the American and the Mountain West or there's been rumors of the, the ACC for – Cal and Stanford at all. I think that's, that's dead now. So I think that we're, we're now in a holding pattern and now it's, it's, it reminds me of the grim reaper meme where he like has gone to two doors and you can see the, the, the blood coming from under the, the first two doors and he's knocking on the next one. And the first door is, I guess the big East as the first conference to well and truly die. Um, even though they're back in, in their own capacity in basketball, it's, it's just different. Um, the second one now has become the PAC 12, even though we all thought it was going to be the big 12 for a while. And this last door is the ACC, uh, because that's going to be where, where the rest of the action is. And, and we'll touch on exactly how secure that is later. But I think we, we are 
and again, I'm a little reticent to say that we're at a standstill because I thought we already were until the Pac-12 exploded. So um, anything can happen. But I think for now, I, we're going to see the, the major conferences stand pat and let the Pac-12, Pac-4 resolve itself. Speaking yeah, just about to go. Oh, go, ahead, ahead. go ahead, Goldilocks. Uh, no, I would just uh, to go off of that. I think the Pac-12 does have to do something. You can't have four teams in a conference. So um, whether that's Cal and Stanford, they do their own thing. Washington or Washington State, Oregon State, they do their own thing. Um, that that has to get resolved. But otherwise, I think we're on pause. I was going to say, speaking about Sam talking about the big conferences in a standstill or what we think is probably on a pause. How about how about we rank the conferences now? Give me give me who who are the best conferences, starting with uh, number five. Do we even have? Yeah, we have still have five conferences. Well, we have rank them. Well, we have a power five, but we don't really have you know five. We really have a big populate. three, and then yeah, and right. So Reese, you want to so you want to start? Football. What are the big three, Reese? Well, I mean, big. If, if we're going big three, you know, it's big. Jeez, oh, Big Twelve, Big Ten, SEC, probably in that order. Realistically, yep. If we go five. You know, it's like, can you even rank the pack 12 with four teams right now? Because otherwise, then I think it's definitely ACC, Big 12, Big 10, SEC. But just staying on the topic of Stanford here just for a second, is there even going to be a pack 12 to rank? Like, do you think it's more likely that Stanford winds off like just going independent in football? Because I think there'd still be plenty of teams like Notre Dame, uh, you know, Michigan, other high, you know, brand teams that would still probably go out of their way to schedule Stanford, get them on their schedule. But Cal, on the other hand, I can't imagine there's a lot of teams like busting down the door to get Cal on their schedule if they're independent. No, Stanford oh, I, feel, oh, go ahead, David. Oh, no, I, I think it's more likely that um, Cal and Stanford do their own thing. Um, just because they are academic elites, they're not going to invite other programs to the Pac-12. They're not going to invite UNLV. They're not going to invite Fresno State um, just because they don't look at themselves the same way academically. Um, so I feel like they would rather, you know, test the waters going independent rather than um, trying to work out this Pac-12 thing. I've actually read a little bit about what Cal and Stanford can bring. And apparently, because they are in the Bay Area, that Bay Area market could be attractive for someone like a Big Ten or an ACC. And also because they do have pretty good non-mainstream sports, it can be an attractive uh, pitch to kind of go to a Big Ten or, or an ACC. So I do see them at least detaching from the Pac-4, which then would leave Oregon State and Washington State because they really don't have much to offer. But I think that Bay Area market, um, I don't know how big Bay Area college you know, market is, but it's the Bay Area and it will be an attractive market for some of these big ones like Big Ten ACC. Yeah, and, and I guess when it was first reported that the Big Ten was looking at schools, more schools other than USC and UCLA, Cal and Stanford were mentioned. And I think that for all the reasons that you, you said, Armando, my problem is, and what the Big Ten's problem, I think, was, is that we're past the point where markets equal eyeballs, where markets equal interest, because Rutgers got added because of its market. 
And I think, you know, no offense to Rutgers, but they haven't moved the needle if this is an arms race between the Big Ten and the SEC, which it absolutely is. Um, Stanford and Cal are, are fine institutions, but those programs don't care. Like I didn't see really any any mourning on behalf of Cal and Stanford fans because the nerds are probably all reading books and doing other nerd stuff. Aaron Rodgers. Oregon, yeah, exactly. Oregon State and Washington. Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> Dude, driving the cart, never forget. Um, <laughs> but um, like Oregon State and Washington State are small but very uh, fervent fan bases that actually do care. So I do feel bad for them, and they have Mountain West written all over them. Or maybe they decide to go to the American if they want to try that. But Mountain West certainly feels like a better fit for them. But for Cal and Stanford, uh, my only I, I agree that they maybe fit better as and independent because it doesn't seem like the ACC is ready to take them. Now the big 10 passed, um, they have nowhere else to go. So why not go independent? Well, what kind of TV deal are they getting? Are they going to get Silicon Valley to say, Oh, okay. Apple is going to throw them like pennies on the dollar and give them a $15 million deal a year to take away. Maybe, but I just, I, I don't love those options. And I think that there is a chance that they're going to have to suck up their pride and join a conference or invite other programs to their conference that they feel like, oh, well, Boise State, is, we're better than Boise State. Well, what choice do you have? You're, you're, you're at this point now because you were arrogant. Your conference was arrogant. It was grossly mismanaged. And now the Conference of Champions is dead. So you don't have room to be this arrogant anymore. So that's, that's how I would approach Cal and Stanford. Dave, what's your take on that? Yeah, no, I, I agree um, with everything Sam said. I looking at Stanford, I think their best option to, if they want to go independent would be to pair with like Apple TV or something and have basically their own version of long, longhorn network where um, I feel like most of their Olympic sports are um, their bread and butter um, as opposed to football and basketball. Um, so they can, you know, they can show tennis, they can show golf, um, things that they excel at. But, um, I, I just don't think, I mean, you look at their endowment, they're doing fine without football. Um, so I don't think they're going to, um, extend olive branch to Boise state to, I just don't think they care. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Like in this day and age, it's like, how, how can you be an institution of that size and potentially not have an athletic department? Cause you got to think that like, uh, there's gotta be a lot of money going to those schools from, you know, blue blood, silver spoon, Sally and Sam that are, you know, on the diving team, you know, and oh, I said, Sam, hey, were you a diver ever, Sam? No. no okay. Not. So anyway, but, Case in point, like you got to believe there's, you know, a bunch of parents that are pretty high level boosters sending their kids out to those schools just because like that's their best and most prestigious option to do those things. You know, like, will that money dry up if they don't have these athletes that are essentially driving revenue, maybe in more non-traditional means than we expect, you know, other than media deals and that kind of stuff. Do you think there's any chance, though, that if Stanford did go independent, could they be like this generation's Notre Dame in that? They get their own deal somehow, eyeballs on them through that unique deal, whatever it is, be it Apple or, I don't know, Amazon or Amazon's potential. Uh, do you think it's a possibility, modern day Notre Dame? 
Uh, no, just because people don't care about Stanford. They can't get their own alumni to go and sit in their seats, their own students to go and fill that stadium. Say what you want about Notre Dame. I know that, I mean, Armando is a USC fan, and then we have two Big Ten lifers here. The love for for Notre Dame is not very high on this podcast. But Notre Dame is undeniably a national brand that has one of, if not the biggest fan bases in college football. That counts for something. And they're already established as an independent, which certainly helps. Stanford is not established as an independent. They don't have the, the, the strength in their football program and the draw as a national brand. So I just don't see it happening. And with Notre Dame, it's just such a hard question. I guess we can transition into the question of, are they ever going to join a conference? And I just think as long as they have a spot for their Olympic sports and their non-revenue sports, um, and they keep getting their NBC deal and they have access to the college football playoff, but they're going to be fine. And they're, they're just going to wait it out and they don't need maybe to make as much as the big 10 and the sec, but they're, they're, they're doing okay over there at Notre Dame. Everything is plated with gold. They're, they're doing fine. And, um, I think that until, they're given an ultimatum and their backs are against the wall. They're going to stay where they are. And I don't think anybody has that luxury like Stanford. Okay. Speaking of the USC versus Notre Dame for the golden shillelagh, uh, that's one of my favorite rivalries with the new realignment. What are some new rivalries that are going to be born and what are your favorites? David, how about you? What, what are some of your favorite matchups? Could yeah, be rivalries. I- I think we'll have a uh, Washington, Wisconsin battle of the U Dubs. Um, they both like to brand themselves that way. Mm-hmm. Um, man, no, I, I think actually Washington, Iowa will be interesting. Um, they do have a past. Um, they've played in a, several Rose Bowls, um, so I, there is some history there that I think will be sort of a natural rivalry, as natural as this possibly can be. Be a nice uh, seven seven to three matchup every time. <laughs> oh, you can't wait. That, that's that's including two safeties. But the Bruce, defense will be so good, dude. If this was like <laughs> twenty sixteen Washington versus Iowa, oh my gosh. Absolutely, Reese. What do you think? Uh, you know, I I almost took umbrage with the UW UW thing. So like, no, that's you know, like everyone always says that. I'm like, Nebraska and Wisconsin are gonna do that because their colors. But then it made me think of Nebraska Northwestern, which like low key actually is a decent rivalry. Uh, and they're both, you know, fighting for the NU. Am I not mistaken? You you are correct. Although Nebraska, they, they kind of like rebranded with their university system. So they're technically UNL to uh, differentiate from UNO and UNK. But most people still refer to them as NU. They wore alternate helmets with the NU block retro logo last year. So they still get the NU moniker. Do, do they ever wear those uh, helmets that have like the N with Huskers across them like the, in the 90s? No, they – they um, Nebraska fans are traditionalists in all things, including uniforms. So okay. they, they, they stick to It should be noted that um, USC, UCLA, any of these traditional Big Ten programs that they play, it's just going to be hilarious. If they have to go to Evanston, Illinois, or Iowa City – or now yeah, just Champaign, New Jersey. Yeah. It's just going to be so funny. Yeah, dude, they won't know what hit them. They won't. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking forward to having like probably realistically eight or nine mini Rose Bowl matchups every year traditionally because you got the 
you got the four real Rose Bowl reps out of the PAC conference in the conference now to play Michigan, to play Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Iowa, all those guys right there. I mean, I, I don't know what the Punnett square is for that, but that's got to be close to 15 matchups. Um, I want to go to the Big 12 here really quick, though. I'm a little excited for the fact that Colorado is coming home to their old Big 8 roots because that, to me, I mean, I'm kind of frothing to see them play all the old guard that are still in the conference. So, you know, I'm talking like Iowa State. Uh, oh, my gosh, my blank right now. K-State, KU. Those are all great matchups that I think we all grew up on. I'm also excited to see Arizona joining the Big 12. I think that being kind of that, like, Great Plains Mountain West region, they kind of fit that Big 12, Big 8 footprint. And culturally, I think they got a bit of kind of like a working classness about them I'm looking forward to seeing in the Big 12. More so, I would say, than UCF or Cincinnati or those dudes. Oh my gosh! I'm on a tangent right now. Something could be because Arizona, KU, and basketball every year is going to be awesome. Oh, dude, that's going to be so good. Well, that's going to be fire. Don't forget about BYU and Utah now giving the same conference. I was going to say, dude, Big Twelve is really interesting. Yeah. Well, and that's the the funny thing. I'll I'll throw in, um, and in terms of rivalries, before I touch on on the Big Twelve, just um. I think Arizona state, because they dragged their feet into this conference, it's going to be pretty disliked when they finally get there. They've been saying some nasty things about how they don't want to go to Morgantown. Well, they bailed you out. The big 12 bailed you out from this ASU and now nobody likes you. And um, so that's going to be fun. Um, And then I, I agree with the Holy war. I think that's going to be great as a conference game. I know it was already being played, but still, um, and then just a little underrated one in the Big Ten now. How about Nike versus Under Armour, Oregon versus Maryland? There you go, the cross country. Wow. So okay, um, good. That one, that one could be fun. But um, yeah, in in terms of then just kind of transitioning to where the Big Twelve is at, um, building off what reset, it's going to be a really fun conference. There's no heavyweight that is necessarily there, but year to year, I'm going to be fascinated to track who finishes where in like a five-year stretch because one team could finish first and then finish last the next year and it wouldn't be too shocking they're all very similarly situated teams i think if you had to say though right now i i I totally agree that there's no oklahoma ohio state you know undisputed juggernaut of this conference anymore but if you did have to put one at this point in time if you were making a ranking who would you say is probably the premier football comp or football uh, school in the Big 12? I mean, I'm tempted to say is it Utah. I'm tempted to say Utah. I was um, thinking Utah. Yeah. But I That's mean, you could also wild. say they were in Oklahoma's, the Mountain West a few years ago. Yeah, they were going to run the Big 12. Yep. They're a, the, the group of five success story. Right. Um, I don't think that we can. Wait, TCU, uh, aren't they Big 12? Yep. So TCU's in there, and of course they're defending. I don't. I I think that they caught TCU's fire. better than Utah, Utah, right? No, I I long term I think Utah. Utah beat Alabama oh. not this past decade. Yeah. So uh, I think Oklahoma I, I State could go in there. In front of me, but TCU's pretty good. 
Uh, the, what have you done for me lately, though? They got the doors blown off them by by Georgia. I mean, worse than like Who a lot of the doors blown off them by Georgia. I've got right. the doors blown off by Georgia and I live in Colorado. There you Dude, go. Stetson Bennett's going to get inducted into the Lakers Hall of Fame. Did you hear about that? Oh, I hate you. <laughs> and this is a great transition to get out of here before I beat up Reese, before Reese beats up LeBron James. Who wants to see that? <laughs> Uh, let's go into the beer review and then we're going to talk, um, just kind of like macro what it's going to happen in college football. We'll talk about the college football playoff and maybe we'll end with some Nick Saban. So stay tuned. Um, during this break, I'm about to beat up Reese. See you later. right it's this week in craft beer the segment of the show where we break down a delicious craft beer for your asmr listening pleasure so this week as i mentioned i had gone to happy's liquor in cedar falls looking for an nil beer and uh it just so happens that they had it and i was very thrilled it's uh for the university of iowa i also wanted to pick up iowa state's nil beer but apparently they couldn't deliver delicious beer from Ames over their bridge into Cedar Falls or maybe anywhere for that matter because <laughs> they didn't have it and they didn't know anywhere that would have it actually. So Dave, why don't you introduce the beer that you and I are going to be drinking this evening? Yeah, so it comes out of Exile. Um, they partnered with um, Iowa's NIL uh, collective. Um, it, it's called Swarm Golden Ale. Um, Swarm is the name of Iowa's collective. Um, and yeah, it's uh, partnered with Exile, which is what Iowa's second, third um, best uh, brewery. So um, to, to partner with them um, is a pretty big deal. And 20% of revenues um, purchased with this beer goes towards the collective to uh, pay these players. So it's a pretty cool deal. And then the players get to take that money and bet on the games that they play in and get suspended at the University of Iowa. <laughs> we don't have time to talk about this, bro. <laughs> I got time to talk about this. Speaking of which, Ronnie Harmon, the original guy in this scandal, laying the seeds in the 1986 Rose Bowl. Dude, betting on his own we, game. And we've come bowl. full circle to Iowa, Washington. All right. Yep, 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 yep. So, But uh, speaking of NIL beers, it just makes me think like, how much do you think Bex and Cedar Falls is just like kicking themselves for closing their doors in like 2019? Man, they couldn't make a good beer to save, save their lives. So no, it, it was all like the absolute worst trash I've ever had in my life. But they had a UNI beer, an Iowa beer, and an Iowa State beer. They were already they like, did you're right? They were preloaded wow. to be doing this. So, dude. All I'm saying is the ball is now in single speeds court to making a UNI beer because I think they're popular enough they could do it. But does you do you and I even have FCS teams even do NI? I don't think they do. Um, that might be something we have to collectively group up on to start. Mm. Yeah, Armando, get on that. Sorry, I'm just seeing how much money they've raised. <laughs> they've raised sixty grand. They have. That's not bad. That's like. A yeah, that's like a player. quarterback for a month. Yeah, that's like a guard. Yeah, it's like a day for Caleb Williams. Yeah, yeah not not what's his <laughs> name. That's William. Was it Proctor? Is the one that ditched us for Bama? Yeah, Caden Proctor. Yeah, that's uh, still too soon. 
Bamishmamma, right? What was that? I said Bamishmamma, am I right? Dude, five Bamishmamma. Pretend like it's not a big deal, but it's like a, it's a really good school race. Just like TCU is a good school. Like, what, what are you talking about? Dude, this yeah, conversation. He's in on the Horn Frogs. Yeah, I don't do you know think... why. I guess I'm in on it. Some, yeah, do you have a future on, on TCU? I just have to go, you know? Like, like, like Jimmy Garoppolo, like, I don't really care about him, but now I'm his biggest fan. And I hate Matt Ryan. Do you think if NIL was a... TCU. Do you think if NIL was a thing, like, three years ago, Max Duggan would have stayed in state? Uh, Wasn't he technically closer to Lincoln? Ooh. He do you was. Think he, would, he would have been a good Scott Frost quarterback. The, no, he may have no quarterback is a good Scott Frost quarterback, Reese. <laughs> Max Duggan's on the Chargers. Is he really? He was. Yeah, yeah, I think he got. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he was drafted or if he was a late or like an undrafted free agent pickup. He was drafted, wasn't he? He was. Uh, yeah, can't remember. Two hundred thirty-ninth okay. pick. Dude, rumor go. has it he ran all the way out to California and then just like collapsed. <laughs> and with that. All right, Armando, I want to tell us about uh, how we grade these beers. All right, we reviewed these beers uh, from a zero to ten in different categories, zero being the worst of the category, ten being the best of the category. And we're going to start this podcast um, beer review with appearance. Although, do you have a glass or no? We don't have to do appearance. Hey! So, wait, are we doing – I wasn't paying attention because I was looking at how much money they've raised. We're doing a duo beer review? Yes. Same beer. I yeah, we're just going off with each other. Uh, All right. I, so, I think uh, Mount Crushmore is in play here. What? Ooh, oh, Mount Crushmore oh could be in play. God. We got two fourth okay, so oh Congress. In this is – In order for it to be on Mount Crushmore, we have to have at least a few tens. Uh, but it, this sounds like collusion. What do you think, Sam? It certainly Jr.? is. It certainly. Oh, we want to hype up the. You Iowa guys don't know what so collusion more means. More people. No, more people <laughs> will go out then and try to buy the Iowa beer so that you can pay for more players in the transfer portal. And I am not here for it. I am here to tell the people the truth. I'm not here for anti-collusion. Okay. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a counter beer review for the first time in Bound City Sports history. Uh, all right, boys. Tell no, us about I the say experience. it's ten. <laughs> Ten and a half. All right, what's up first, Armando? Appearance. How does it look? Dude, I'm just gonna get this out of the way if you don't mind, Dave. Uh this is as golden as our boy Goldilocks oh. over there. Uh, this is beautiful, <laughs> a wonderful uniform head, about half an inch, very foamy, a lot of uh just again, perfectly spaced, almost champagne like bubbles going on in this glass. Gorgeous golden color. I'm not going to lie. For being a gold nail, this nails it 10 on appearance. Oh. <laughs> this is just a farce. This is just sad. Sir, sir. Yeah, I, I have to echo what you said. I'm halfway through uh, my tall boy. Um, but as far as appearance goes, I mean, it's a, everything you would want from a fall Saturday. Uh, it, it says golden ale. It's perfectly golden. It's black and gold. Let's go. 9.5. Oh, look at this. All right. A 9.5, the, the true rating from Goldilocks over there. All right. We're going to move on then. Let's go to let's go to Aroma. Give, give that, that bad boy a sniff and let us know what notes we got on that. Hmm. Hey, you go first on this one. 
it's probably like four years old and he's just like holding it in. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I got something in the chamber already for this. I'm glad you do. Um, because all I have to say is that it smells like a five-star roster. 9.7. Ooh, 10.0 on that review right there. Uh, so this is from Exile Brewing. And I've talked about this on the podcast before that I like when you can smell a beer or taste a beer and like pick up notes from that brewery. I said about Toppling G, I said about City Barrel, I said about Boulevard. Smelling this beer, it actually kind of reminds me of another beer from Exile, which is called Zoltan. Have you ever had that? Oh, yeah. I'm getting kind of like, it's a very almost like cream ale smell to it. There's a lot of malt sweetness in there with just like a little bit of hot bitterness. So just in and of itself, being able to smell hop means this is better than like a domestic beer. Also, the cascade of this like even condensation just has me like. Completely oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Reese's broken out at the source for this one. 10.5 on the appearance. Uh, I'm going to get the aroma <laughs> of this. This is a I, I'm going to. Call Fox News and tell them what they didn't ask them what they didn't do when they accused various parties of election fraud. And then I'm going to do the opposite so that I can succeed in my own. Because this is this is just a disaster. And, and also, this is this is coming from Reese, who like barely does nine point threes on like very, very good beers. And Reese is going ten point five. He's in Kirk Ferentz's pocket. He's been he's bought and sold. <laughs> Dude, I could chew over that take like a piece of delicious hubba bubba right now, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> Aroma on this. I'm giving it a uh, honest to goodness. No cap here. That's probably a 9.0. That's probably a 9.0. All right. Well, we'll, we'll take 9.0. Let's go to our favorite category. Then flavor. Go ahead and take a sip of that beer. And let us know. Uh, let us know what you taste. And while you do that, uh, Sam can write a dissertation about the integrity of the beer review that's been a staple of this podcast being yeah. de- degenerated and what that means for politics at Fountain City Sports Media. You know what they taste? The feeling of disappointment when a quarterback's pass lands five in, like five feet short of his intended receiver because their offense can't c- complete a pass over five yards. Oh, please, baby. I'm absolutely Hold not mad at this point after that. Yeah. <laughs> that's why he's coming tall, boys. <laughs> That's the problem with Iowa. You serve them up disappointment and they just come back and drink more. <laughs> this is my favorite beer of you now. All right. Flavor, what do you guys got? Uh, you know what's interesting is that so it's a golden ale technically. This almost drinks more like an American lager, like a domestic style of beer. Uh, it's You don't get nearly the amount of sweet malt notes that you get on the nose on the mouth, uh, you get a lot of hop, which is why I'm saying Pilsner. So it's got that like crispy breadiness to it. But like Dave says, it tastes like a fall afternoon. It tastes like tailgating in the greatest spot in the greatest state in Her Majesty's Royal Union, the United States. Ames, Iowa. <laughs> Boo. Is that not what you meant? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, man. Uh, RV, not for me. I'm going to say flavor on this. One more sip. I'm going to say a 32 and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Square root of 100, baby. Perfect tens. Uh, No, I'm going to say it's a uh, 
It's tangy with more flavor than I thought it would be in here. So yeah, why not? It's a eight point eight flavor. Uh, all right, Reese. Reese bringing his integrity back. All right, with an eight. Dave, ah, uh, had to take another step after that. Oh my God, that's cold. Uh, it just really hits the spot. Mm. Um, man, I'm gonna give it a twelve oh after boy. Cade McNamara, savior <laughs> of the Iowa Hawkeyes. <laughs> 12. There you go. Love it. Colder than the Ames Rockies, then perhaps. Um, okay, great. So this is going well. And now we're going to end it with um, with mouth, no, yeah, mouthfeel, right? We're in the, at least the flavor categories. So go ahead and, and give that another swish in your mouth and let us know. Is it light? Is it dark? Is it golden? Is it, um, is it money? Is it NIL? Is it gambling proceeds? Actually, as we could as bet on that, we're talking about that, the Iowa casino, whatever the casino's name is, did contribute like fifty thousand dollars to the. Oh, of course they the did. Iowa. The, the Iowa casino. Are you insinuating there is a casino in the state of Iowa? <laughs> I just imagine Iowa just being a big city, actually. So, uh, yeah, I think so. Because any real one, call back to Dubuque, knows about Dubuque Greyhound Park and Casino. Come out and play. Sponsor us. <laughs> you can good luck, Rocky. All, right. All right, who wants to go first on mouthfeel? Go, Edders. Uh, so I'm not going to lie. The nice thing about this mouthfeel is that the mouthfeel is exactly as this beer looks. It's very light because this is a very clear, fairly clean beer. It's really sparkling. It's very soft in the mouth. You know, yeah, that's very easy to drink. I think it's almost maybe just like one notch too hot bitter for being certified crushable, but it's still incredibly easy to drink, especially in a tall boy can. So I'm going to say mouthfeel on this. Let's give it a another eight, nine. Another eight, nine. Okay, great. And Dave, before you go. Um, elite casino resorts donated $500,000 to the swarm and I No, I, I agree with Reese, um, with Balfield. I feel like the goal of this beer was just to make a lot of something that fans would buy and drink a lot of, and it goes down easy. Um, so that I'll give it a nine, 9.0. All right, another another shockingly high remark for this beer. And then last but not least, we have the um, uh, nope, we don't call it that anymore. Stonks drinkability quotient. How awesome is this beer? I think we already know where this is going to go. So uh, keep it short, boys. What do we got for Stonks drinkability? David, take it away. It is a perfect fall Saturday in a can. This is everything you could want from tailgating drinking it in your basement watching the game for away games it it's just a perfect beer that they could have made for an nil deal it's a 10 10.0 10 whoa shocking 10 okay so i know i'm talking about how pretty this beer is but this legitimately might be the best looking beer which is the weirdest flex to ever have on this podcast but Can the fact we're just talking like just how the beer looks, no, how the beer looks, because uh, I mean, like, I, I can't tell you how honestly uniform and pretty the carbonation in the glass is. 
And the head retention on this is like shocking. I just refilled it, but like up until that refill, I had a solid quarter inch ahead the whole way down past the halfway That's mark of this head. glass. And I've been watching Dave's glass too. Yeah, dude, this is some quality dome on top of my beer right here. We can't see Dave's glass. I saw Dave's glass. It's gone, drink it sorry. All. It's gone. I bet it's still me inside his tummy. Uh, but here's here's the flip side, though. There's only one way to find out. While this beer is very beautiful, Iowa football is not very beautiful. Iowa football is an incredibly ugly brand of football, and you better believe it's going to drag you down to its level in a straight-up slobber knocker. But I think when Iowa football is properly played, it is football in its most pure form, which is three yards in a cloud of dust. <laughs> play action, solid offensive line, a defense that makes you rethink your life. So I'll tell you what, Swarm Gold Nail special teams. Spe- oh, 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 special teams deserve a special beer, my friend. Lavar Woods. Oh, dude, special Levar- teams coordinator at Iowa. Franking the Lavars, I think Lavar Woods and then Lavar Ball in my opinion. Uh, but no, last thing I'll say about this beer, I'm with Dave or <laughs> Armando, whichever one of you guys said this like I have lived through a lot of cheap domestic golden ale pilsner tie-in beers in my lifetime, uh, and this is not one of them. I really thought they would just crank out some American lager, you know, swill ale, but for being like 4% and punching way above its weight class, I tell you what, stock drinkability quotient on Swarm Golden Ale, uh, this is a 9.5. All right, we got we got a high remarks on the nine five. Reese, how many tens did you give? Uh, I gave a ten and a half on appearance. Jeez. Okay, so we got a ten and a half, and then a ton of tens from from Dave over there. Yeah, uh, no, I gave a twelve and something. Okay, so I guess we have to have the <laughs> we'll conversation get I, I on that. <laughs> are, we, are we putting this? Uh, we have to compare it to the other loggers pilsners that we had. Uh, is this going to go on? The uh, Mount Crushmore is this going on the summit? Are, nope. Next segment. Are, Let's move on. Are we about to break the integrity of the beer review? We already have. Wait. Dave, what oh, you what? Oh, are you still drinking, Reese? I feel like NIL should be its own category on the summit of um, Mount Rushmore. What? Um, so in that respect, why is it not on Mount Crushable? Ooh, you that's should be weird. weighing this beer against all beers. And also, Reese, you omitted LeVar uh, Burton. I just want to point that out. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> um, and and no, this beer, absolutely like cool. You guys like it and you drank it and it tastes like fall. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's like great. bong, like fall, <laughs> it's like autumn. <laughs> no, I mean, it probably is like. I, the ingredients that I think that they probably made this with that you guys are just hyping up. It's probably like bong water and Cheeto dust. Like, let's calm down. <laughs> all right. This is, this is not. Here's the thing, Sam. I know you love exile. You love a good Ruthie. You're going to like this beer. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. the thing is that I think I probably would like it. But what I say, like, this is one of the greatest beers I've ever, dr- I've ever ingested of all time. No, I wouldn't. Stop. Stop. Stop it. You're going to drink it and you're going to say, this is a football beer. Stop it's, it. Get some help. The Michael Jordan meme, not the crying one. Although the I ceiling is the tears. roof and the roof is <laughs> okay. All right. My All vote. Right. Is- Dude, until Zipline comes out with golden rule, golden ale, I think uh, balls in your court. 
I guess so. What's funny is that uh, Dave didn't have a nickname on this podcast, and now he's 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 like he's erecting a mountain for our podcast. Yet we didn't even have you as a nickname on here. So Goldilocks, we're gonna have to uh, table the conversation of erecting a mountain um, within the podcast. So stay tuned. Maybe maybe you can send me the beer. And maybe I can try it. But I mean, we're going after. Yeah, send me your address. We're going after Slowport Pills. We're going after just the regular Hell Hellas. We're going after Boulevard's Pilsners. I mean, it's 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 a tough showing out there. So uh, so stay tuned. Hey, that's Look actually how nice pretty can this art. can that's is. Actually, that's actually a decent can. I was expecting it to be kind of crappy. Just oh, like the beer. So, not for Max. So boring. Hot not for Max. So mid. Hat take. Ruthie actually doesn't have really good can art. How dare you? It's the Ruthie can art is is classic. Yeah, I, and I want to clarify. It's this, it's this weird, like in between classic. Like it's not Coors and it's not cool. Oh, it's in you? it's in between. It's Ruthie. I like the beer. It's good. See, I I, I will deny you that. And I also want to say, you know, if if by any chance Exile sees this, it's not your fault. I know that you got like strong armed into this to support the University Colluded, of Iowa. Perhaps. I still love Exile beers. I just, you know, I can't forgive this. And I know that they'll understand because they understand college football, although they made a bad college football drink. Anyway, to the next we segment. Can't, we can't forgive this and can Nick Saban forgive this realignment? We'll talk about it next. Stay tuned. City Sports Media History. Um, and like I said, Sam Pepper Jr. is going to write a dissertation about how it has ruined the integrity, the philosophy, the democracy of Fountain City Sports Media. But here we are. And talking about rule breaking and shattering, look at what this realignment has done to college football. But has it really demolished the big teams of college football? So, boys, I want you to talk about who is going to make the college football playoff. Does this change anything of your favorites? Who are your top four favorites? No, Reese, I, take I it think, away. Yeah, go no, ahead. Just, Never mind. The, the guests go first on this podcast. <laughs> All right, David, hit uh, it, and uh, then I'll go. I'll go quickly. Um, just to clarify with the audience, if you're not um, following college football, the conferences do stay pat this year. Um, so Texas, Oklahoma are still in the Big 12. USC, UCLA are still in the Pac-12. Um, so I don't think much changes there in regards to um, schedules and outcomes for college football this year. Righteous, righteous. Well, my top four is pretty boring right now. I think uh, it's it's murky at the top, but I think the top four are pretty well defined. I'm gonna start with the two-time national champion Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, the big question is Stetson Bennett is gone. How big of a secret sauce was he for that team? Can they maintain the play they have? I am with David in saying that they are two blown wide receiver injuries away from not having any national titles over the last two years. I really think that. But, you know, I think they either really contend with an incredibly weak schedule or they come crashing down to earth this year. Now, the, the you know, the carriage might turn back into a pumpkin. Uh, my number Two in no particular order. I'm going to throw Alabama up there because 
I got solid Bama. Do I have to say anything more? Number three in no particular order. I'm throwing Ohio State up there just because they're still incredibly talented at wide receiver. They got Marvin Harris Jr. coming back, who is being talked of as maybe one of the best receiving prospects since Larry Fitzgerald, which you know how I feel about Larry Fitz. I know how Sam feels about Uncle Larry Fitz. Um, Then my number four, I think I'm going to put Michigan up there, even though I felt like Michigan was a bit of a paper tiger last year, but they actually really showed out in the college football playoff. Minus still not playing a good game. They almost beat TCU. So unoriginal, but that's my top four. Let's go around the horn here. So beneath me on my screen is Sam. So Sam, you take it next. Yeah, I mean, those I think are the the consensus for that, that people are going to look at. And those are probably the four that I trend to. If I had to choose outside of that, I think um, I'm going to leave because I know that there's a sleeper that David wants to talk about. So I'll leave the big 10 sleeper for him. But I think that if there's uh, a two lane, uh, not two lane, it's not a group of five school, but um, I, I really like Florida state this year. I think Travis is a, a really talented quarterback and he's going to get another shot with things. Florida state has been recruiting really well. I think Norvell has them going in the right direction. So I would say Florida state in an ACC that's pretty wide open. Um, I, I, I like Florida state and I'm on the record saying maybe I'm, I'm Tallahassee pilled because I, my next move for the big 10 is to go after the, the Seminoles to lock up that, area in the Southeast. Um, so maybe that's my bias showing and I just want them to be good, but I think Florida state could potentially make some noise. Um, and other than that, the, the pac 12, it, it's kind of a, a bummer, um, bittersweet, uh, that the conference is actually going to be really entertaining this last year of its current existence. You have Utah coming back, they're going to be uh, the strong, steady, um, tough to beat program that they always are. They have a really tough schedule, though. Um, USC obviously has the best player in college football coming back in Caleb Williams. And then Oregon, Washington, Oregon State, like all those teams are really talented and could potentially uh, catch fire and make a run. So it's going to be a really fun um season for the pac 12. It's just, you know, good things never last, I guess. But, um, so that would be kind of where I'm saying, David, I know you want to give us your, your sleeper pick for who could crash this party. So why don't you go ahead and do that? Did you give your four? Yeah. I, I mean, I said, I reemphasized Reese's, but I, I think Florida state could maybe okay. snag one of those spots. Yeah. I look at the ACC. Uh, I don't see a clear, uh, winner out of that, um, you have Clemson, UNC, and Florida State. I think they're just going to beat up on each other. Um, Drake May might be the best prototypical quarterback um, coming out in next year's draft. Um, that's not named Kale Williams, yeah. um, but they don't have a defense. And Clemson had <laughs> just an atrocious offense last year. Uh, Florida State um, is yet to be seen. Um, the Pac-12, I also think, is going to beat up on each other. Um, I, I think USC could, if any of the other teams from the Pac-12, I think USC could come out of there um, just because Caleb is him. Um, my sleeper, 
does come out of the Big Ten, as Sam mentioned. It's Penn State. I think they have maybe the best defense in college football that's not named Georgia. They are or just Iowa. nasty. <laughs> or Stop Iowa. Do you, do you think um, Penn State's got a better defense than we do this year? Yes. Oh, for sure. Really? Their secondary is actually nasty. Wow. Okay. And, okay. And that's compared to Iowa, who's very good too. They have at least two that will go to the NFL um, in a few years. But um, I just love Penn State's roster. Um, I think Aller is better than any quarterback they've had in recent years. The only question mark I have is James Franklin. I don't think he's a very good coach. He chokes in big moments, but they do have Michigan at home. They have Iowa at home. Their toughest game is at Ohio State, but even if that's a loss, they can still get to the Big Ten championship game. They can get to the playoff. Um, so I like Penn State. Um, give me Georgia. I just don't think they have anything in the uh, SEC East to go up against. No. Um, there's Tennessee, but they don't have a defense. That's it. Um, SEC West is a <laughs> oh, man. What a just brutal conference or uh, division that is um, with Alabama and LSU going at it. Um, so yeah, give me Penn State, give me USC, Georgia, and I will take a flyer in Alabama because I think Saban still has one left in the tank. Very nice. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty similar. I think I think Bama still. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going anywhere. I mean, yes, they lose to Georgia a lot, but like they're still Alabama and they're still a very good team. So I got Georgia, uh, Ohio State, Bama three, and USC four. To note, the USC got transfer Bear Alexander from Georgia, who was like the next guy up at Georgia on their D line. Um, and he just transferred over to USC. There's a safety coming out of high school. That's a four-star recruit that everyone loves. Um, and actually, Bear, Bear Alexander said the other day that USC's defense is just as physical as Kirby Smart's Georgia defense. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah, go sure. USC. Yeah. <laughs> 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 apples. How do you like that take? Put put that Mickey Mouse ring out your mouth and put the USC okay. defense out your mouth. Goldilocks. And the three Ruthies. LeBron James, gonna... a bed rusher. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's good. That's go ahead, Reese. I was going to say, I feel like with, our, with Armando being the newest addition to our Big Ten club here, there has to be like some sort of initiation he has to go through. No hazing, though. <laughs> I was going to no, say, wait, this bad... is good, Reese. <laughs> no, we are not Northwestern. Yeah, we're I... not making Northwestern jokes on this podcast. <laughs> I said initiation. Reese, I didn't Reese say anything about serious. Shrek the What's Third. What's funny is, is Reese meant that seriously, and he just totally forgot about college. College hazing. Oh, yeah. 100%. No, but it, it did involve something about, like, can you win a game of cornhole with a beer in your dominant hand and playing with your non-dominant hand, you know? What are you, what are you guys okay. doing in September? Let's let's find a joint. Hey, actually, uh, Sam, where where do you live? Do you want my exact street address? Are you... <laughs> Just, give <me> a city. <laughs> Just give me a city. Yeah, I'm in the Quad Cities. All four of them. So the Quad Cities. five? And, well, yeah, that's not important. How, Let's not wait, 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 hold on. You, What's the how, fifth how quad are you city? From Nebraska or from Omaha? I'm maybe four hours from Omaha, so I'm on the other side of the state. Forget it. I'm, I'm going to be in Omaha in uh, the Mississippi, as we talked about. <laughs> right. I'm. I cross the Mississippi every day to go to work. 
Wow. I didn't know you lived so south in America because that's. Yeah, I live in Southern America, actually. South America. <laughs> he lives in Tuscaloosa. Keokuk might as well be so, the south, to be honest. Yeah, it, it, it might as well. But Davenport, Bettendorf, Rock Island, Moline. No, that's those are. I mean, I'm two hours from Chicago. Okay. I was going to make an impromptu meetup, but because I'm going to be in Omaha, but that's not going to happen. Um, that is not going to happen. So, anyway, let's talk about Nick Saban then to end the podcast. Uh, per Reese, is is Saban done as we know him per se? Hey, I just want to I want to get something in, uh, clear the air here is that I said is Nick Saban done as we know him, as we know Nick Saban is this boogeyman that he knows was, himself. No, he, I'm I'm sure he knows himself very well. What I'm talking about is Nick Saban, the guy who like it's his to lose every year. You have to go through Nick Saban at some point. He's the final boss. Are we past this point of Nick Saban where now he's just a top five, top 10 coach who's always going to have a top five, top 10 team? That's what I'm curious about. This is very Tucker Carlson of you, you know, well, is, is Nick Saban done? I'm just asking questions. Who decides if Nick Saban is done? You know, I, I, I'm actually pretty <laughs> terrified of, of, Nick Saban right now because he's kind of the underdog and Georgia has the target on their backs. So do I think that, that Alabama has the same, um, like, Oh, we have to beat Alabama to get to the mountaintop. Maybe not as much as in past years. I'm sure LSU still thinks that, um, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, all those schools in, in the sec West still think that, but, um, you know, Nick Saban was like laughing, leaving an interview the other day. And I'm like, that's, this is scary guys. Like yeah. he's, he's a man on a mission. He's going to try and get Kirby smart. He's going to try and get a few more rings here before he hangs it up. I don't think he's done. I I'm not super convinced about their quarterback situation, but I'm still, I still have a healthy fear of, of Alabama. So no, I'm, I'm not ready to say that, that uh, he's done. Dave, David, what say you? No, I, I'm not ready to say it either. Um, how old is he? He's like 72, isn't he? Old. Do God's age? That's my question. Yeah, I think he's just so good at filling his staffs um, so that he can have the best offensive coordinator, the best defense coordinator. He is just so good at hiring the best that I think he his teams are just going to be in it any year, any given year. But will they be the boogeyman final boss you got to get through, or are they just going to be like, I, I'm wondering, so here's my thing. It's still an incredibly high bar to clear, but remember how, like, for most of the Pete Carroll USC era, they would always have one stupid loss. So even if a lot of those years they may have been the best team, they weren't in the national title picture. That's what I'm saying is like, is Nick Saban that now where it's like, they're going to have one or two stupid losses that keep them out of the playoff picture every year. But if you draw them in a bowl game, so help me, they're going to drop like 55 points on you. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. They still have to get through the sec West, which is definitely the tougher of the two divisions in the sec. Um, but I just, you look at LSU, you look at Texas A&M. Are they Alabama? No. Texas A&M sucks. I'm yeah, and, Texas and, A&M sucks. Right. And to, to David's point, you talk about 
the talent on the staff and the trust in the coaching that Nick Saban is able to assemble year to year. And I think the opposite is true right now. Of Texas A&M, they kind of sold their soul for Jimbo. And then they brought on Bobby Petrino, which uh-huh. you know, he knows, he knows ball, but man, dude, I mean, if that's the, the depths that you're stooping to, to try and win football games, I'm not sure that that's a deal that I want to, that I want to make. So again, I still think Alabama will be a formidable foe. Um, I don't envy actually, you know what? I no mercy. I hope they kill Texas, um, in Tuscaloosa. Cause that's going to be a, a really fun game and an sec preview. And we'll see if Texas is well and truly back. But, um, I, I hope that Saban just has this, this bill Belichick like grin on his face as they're just killing Texas, just slaughtering them. So maybe, maybe that's just me. I will say just to clarify though, Georgia is the clear number one. They're the big bad. And then I think it's Alabama after that. Especially when you consider Alabama has a new quarterback. So it's not like, it's not like Bryce Young is coming back, right? So Alabama is bringing up a new quarterback, even though Georgia is too. Um, Tennessee has a new quarterback. Um, Ohio state has a new quarterback. Michigan is still has McCarthy, but it's like, okay, is McCarthy, really on the same level as these other guys. I don't know. Um, so I just have a lot of questions except for with Caleb Williams, if USC's defense can use guys like, like bear Williams and, and be better defensively, maybe USC can do this because Caleb Williams is just such a, a, a talent offensively that I don't think anybody else is. Well, so here's another question for you. Then you said, you know, George is the big boss final bad. Are they, they lost a quarterback too this year. So are they the big boss final bad because they're that good? Or is it because their schedule sucks? I think that why not schedule, both. Yeah. No, it's like trash. It's like, it's some like the 80th hardest schedule in the country or well, something like that to their, to their credit. So they had to cancel their home and home with Oklahoma. They were supposed to play Oklahoma this season and they canceled mm-hmm. it because Oklahoma obviously is joining the SEC, so they didn't want a non-conference game to overlap, you know, next year when Oklahoma joins. So I kind of get it. Michigan does the same thing. Michigan's schedule is also just a bucket of trash, um, except for a game in Lincoln that I'm hoping Matt Rule can can get folks ready to go for. But I guess we'll see. I think it's a, a, a combo of the two. Georgia is has proven that they don't need a superstar quarterback because their roster is always loaded. Um, and they have the best defense in the country year to year most times. And Kirby smart is a really good coach. So I'm, I think that it certainly helps that they're playing in the sec East, which, you know, Florida has talent, but hasn't been able to put it together. Tennessee is transitioning and trying to stay consistent. So we'll see. I, I also sneaky. I didn't put them as a sleeper for like the college football playoff, but I kind of like South Carolina this year. I kind of like, Oh, what, what? I kind of like the Gamecocks. What with Spencer Rattler? They, okay. So they rattled off some huge wins at the end of last season. Nice. Like Steph they, Curry Rattler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, I mean, they beat Tennessee and then they beat Clemson to end the regular season. They were rolling and, and they do have some change. Their offensive coordinator left. Um, to Nebraska, LOL. But I, I, I kind of like I kind of like the Gamecocks a little bit this year. Maybe that comes back to bite me, but we'll see. 
Okay, so can we just take a second here to stunt on Georgia's schedule? Now yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a half bonus point for not doing the usual cowardly SEC thing, thing of like scheduling your cupcake team in November, you know. Right. But here's their schedule. I mean, th- this is all time bad. UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, at Auburn, Kentucky, at Vanderbilt, Florida, Mizzou, Ole Miss, at Tennessee, at Georgia Tech. Yeah. I I count one difficult game that's at Tennessee. What do you say, Armando? I said five quality games, not like challenging but quality games cool. what were you finding five quality games i see florida is like eh. florida is not even that's not even a road game is it it's it's the biggest that's cocktail party in jacksonville yeah it's it's a jacksonville game um so, i mean south carolina's schedule Ole actually miss? oh no Ole miss is bum dude Lincoln, they're bum bringing them back quality dude i'll tell you what hey, though no, I, I like old miss i'm not gonna lie i saw their bowl game it was pretty good I inadvertently dressed like I was a senator son attending Ole Miss today. So I had these like navy blue slacks with a light powder blue button up shirt with a blue and white seersucker jacket with a little flower red, white and blue pin with a white handkerchief. Oh, and also like the white saddle shoes with the blue going over like the center of them look like bowling shoes. I'm just like, bruh, I am talking about like how my family, I can trace their lineage back to, you know, the Mayflower. I tell you what. Is that a good thing or a bad thing, Reese? Oh, that's for the viewer to decide. <laughs> well, we've, we've brought up so many Fox News references. We'll let the viewers decide that one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, David just left. He was just like, this is getting He's way back. too out of hand. He's I'm back. Oh, there he is. Goldilocks. What's up, man? Not too hot. Not too cold. Back. It was just it was just right. Yep, that's good. Had to address this conference really schedule <laughs> is too hard. Yeah, you talked about George's uh, easy schedule, and I had to duck out for a second there. Yeah, right. Oh my goodness. All right. So, um, I, I think I think that wraps up everything, though. I, I literally think we've covered everything in the world. We we just broke down George's schedule, and we were supposed to talk about the Pac-12. And then we also colluded in the middle of the podcast. So we've done a lot today, ladies and gentlemen. And most importantly, we found a nickname for David. So a round of applause for Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Yay, still workshopping. Nope, not locked that in. This podcast has been like four hours long. Everyone's been hearing it. It's, It's in there. And Reese, with the final word, yes. One final fun fact that we can all think about is the Big Ten's at what, 18 teams when the dust settles? Am I correct? Yep, right. Can the pack four technically exist? Because the pack four is just as close to being the same number of teams as the pack 12 as the big 10 is from the number of teams, the big 10. I was told there would be no math. <laughs> if the big ten, what? So what I'm saying is if the big 10's not no, going to no, be no, clowned no. on. For, what? Go ahead. So, so if, if the Big Ten is not going to be clowned on for having 18 teams in a conference called the 10, is the Pac-4 going to be clowned on for being eight teams away from being a conference called 12? This is you why know, the only made the big bucks. 
Yeah. Speaking of big bucks, the only, the only <laughs> like math that I'll be doing is counting the dollar bills that go to my institution from their TV deal. So if <laughs> pack four, if that gives you solace in your dark moments, then you go ahead and, and you take that and I'll be counting the, the Benjamins. Man, so we I didn't even sick. talk about Washington and Oregon's deal about that. Oh, They're getting literally half the share of the rest of the big 10 institutions. I guess we're going to cover it million. next year. That's great, Sam. So stay tuned for next year when the quad comes back. But for now, we sign off with Hot Take Mondo, the recent Carnet Bach Lesnar, Sam Kuyper Jr., and Goldilocks and the Three Beers. We'll see you next time and go Chiefs! Go Pack Go! We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. Thank you.